that's about to go down. But something really awesome on the Pastors of Pain is about to happen today. It's going down for real, uh, uh, as uh, they say. Uh, uh, uh. Well, you've uh, you've turned tuned. I can never get that word right. You've turned turned your dial and tuned in to the uh, greatest radio station in Stillwater, Oklahoma, Pete FM, and also <laughs> the Miracle Half Hour. The Pastors of Pain. Twenty nine minutes and twenty eight seconds of pure, beautiful Catholicism spewing forth from the mouths of your pastors of Payne County, Payne County, Payne County. I'm uh, the pastor of St. John Catholic Student Center, currently a square concrete hole in the ground uh, at the corner of Miller and Knobloch next to Boone Pickens Stadium soon and very soon. Mm, don't like that song. Uh, we are going to have a new church, uh, so... Um, Pray, keep praying for us, pray for us, pray for us as right on the road, uh, raising money. And we still raise a few bucks to put some stuff into this thing to get it going. And I'm here with uh, my amigo, uh, the rectory. Uh, um, whoa, that is my cell phone ringing in the background. Uh, my rectory homeboy, Father Brian. I'm going to see how long you can talk. <laughs> I, I, I can keep going. I just circular breathing through the nose and out the mouth. And we're uh, we're here to bring you some really good Catholic stuff. Why'd your voice just get really high? Um, because it's nervous? called an octave change. <laughs> For some reason, I thought about myself being like 13 years old talking, and then I reverted back. Lovely. I know. You're welcome. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> we hope your uh, we hope your January is going well. 2022 off oh. to a good start. Usually, this is the time of year where we start talking about Lent. But Lent is so late this year, guys. When is it? March 2nd is Ash Wednesday. Whoa. Yeah, way late. March? And then when is Easter Sunday? Easter is April, mid-April. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mid-April. Yeah, we looked at doing our uh, Mystagogy. I think it's like the latest it can possibly be. It's it w- really late. April, I mean, we were uh, trying to do Easter our mystagogy, really and it's like we had one week of mystagogy, yeah. and the church yeah, yeah, has to do four. Out. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. Hey, let's let's get let's get rolling on this. Let's get, we, let's get right to the point. Let's let's start at the very beginning. Um. So we we've had the show for a while now, and we talk about all kinds of Catholic things. Just last week we talked about marriage and living together before you're married. Oof, the week bye-bye. before that we talked about our 2022. We've done you know Christmas. We talk about the, like the life of priests. Um. And I think what we hear from people is that, like, you know, people say, like, hey, guys, you know, it's like, hey, thanks for making, like, the church a little more accessible, you know? Thanks for talking about this particular topic that I wanted to know more about. Thanks for, you know, that, like, you can be joyful and be a Catholic. Oh, I can? You know? Oh, it is Um, a fruit of the Holy Spirit. uh, And so there's a lot of that. But I also think, I mean, we've talked over the years Uh about... Difficult things within the church, kind of difficult teachings, but also like failures within the church. So if you, the summer of 2018, like the stuff with uh, Ted McCarrick and like sexual abuse in what the about, church. Uh, St. Peter denying Jesus. Um, yeah. So I mean, there's, so we don't, we don't the very want beginning. to, we want this to be not just sort of a fluff, you know, show as it mostly is when I'm not here. Whoa. Uh, shots no, fired. Of course. <laughs> just kidding, of course. Um, so I thought it might be interesting to talk about 
what's not attractive about Catholicism, not what's wrong with Catholicism. What, what is, what is like either a repelling people away from the, uh-huh. the one Holy okay. Catholic and Apostolic Church uh, or is like a barrier to entry. Okay. You know, kind of, but, but what's not drive. So on my, on my, uh, on my Twitter, on what's my, your, what's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is at FR O'Brien. Really? Yeah. At, yeah. At father O'Brien. Um, so on my Twitter handle, uh, one morning I just put out there, Hey, recording a podcast. What's not attractive about Catholicism? And I, you know, you never know. You never know when you put something out there on Twitter. Because um, it keeps just going and people retweet yes, it. Yes, yes. And, and then like arguments, you know, someone will say, you know, well this. And then someone will say, no. And then now it's like those two people are having a fight <laughs> while I'm, and I'm just standing there watching the whole thing. But some very interesting responses came back that I think are worth addressing. Would you like to hear some of them? Drum roll, please. Okay, so um, here we go. Uh, okay. Is this on. live from Twitter? So this is off my, off, off the, uh, off the Twitters. Okay. Um, what's not attractive about Catholicism? Um, the rules. The rules. The rules. Um, so this person said, what, one, once you, once you live it, it's easy to see the beauty of chastity and purity. When you're just approaching from the outside, the call oh. can seem impossible or at the very least daunting. Oh, so they're showing up and they're like, the church asked me to be chaste. Or just, I mean, a lot of things. I mean, that, that, they, that's something that the church is known for, of like, that. oh, yeah, Catholicism, yeah. Sex rules. They got a lot of rules. And a lot of those rules around around sexuality, mm-hmm. yeah. But man, it's like so, and almost like, and I think what's not attractive is that it's like rule-oriented. Like, you know, you go somewhere like where you want, you want it to be like fun and interesting, you know, and then there's like, here, sign this waiver. <laughs> And you're just like, oh my gosh, am I gonna, am I gonna die doing this activity? Um, what do you think about that? Is that, is that true? I mean, is that unattractive? Yeah, I mean, it, it, when someone looks at it and says, "Wow, my the culture or my friends are telling me A, B, C, and D," and alone this, or with others, this other thing, yeah, alone is, or with others, yep. and then the church says. Are you married or in a sacramental bond? And the answer is no. And it's like, okay, you're supposed to leave these things for marriage. Yep. Whether they're alone or with others. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, and so that that can be a collision. But then there's also, I think, people, you know, there's rules around kind of fasting. There's rules around, you know, what we can eat. Yeah, what we can eat and when when we have to go to church and not. Oh yeah, you got to go on Christmas just like this past year, you know, and you have to go on the Holy yeah, Family. Yeah, oh, Holy Days of Obligation, and you have to, you know. Um, but I think there's also, you know, several people wrote about. Um, there's it seems like whether for marriage or receiving the sacraments, so sometimes there can be kind of hoops to jump through. Oh, like you got to be in the state of grace to receive Holy Communion. True. Or like, okay, to be married, you have to have, you have to marriage. go to this retreat and you have to take, and we need us, we need this your certificate and we, you know, so there's, there's this, I think for most people that's not attractive. Yeah, yeah. Like people don't actively seek out stuff 
where there's a lot of layers and a lot of hoops. I think that's I think that's a that's a, that's a fair oh, that's yeah. a fair point. Now we would say I mean I, we would say all of that has purpose. Yeah, yeah. When you really understand what the hoops are about, when you really understand kind of why we do marriage preparation, why we do preparation for baptism or first communion or confirmation, yeah, or, yeah. you know, all of that has really good reasons behind it. But from the outside looking in, you would say, oh man, oh my gosh, I have to go to a class. Ugh, building this building. There's lots of rules, and I got annoyed the other day because they're like, well, this electrical panel actually has to be six feet. A person has to be able to step back six feet and not touch another electrical panel. I'm like, so we have to build in a whole other room? So we spent like like $20,000 building an extra room all because there's the electrical code so the building doesn't blow up or somebody gets incinerated by backing in yes. randomly. Yep. I'm like, are you kidding me? Now and the builder, and are the builder would say, or the you know the city council would say, I, I know that doesn't look attractive, but here's <laughs> it's a human being's life. <laughs> but here's why, yeah, here's why you're going to save yourself a lot of trouble. You're going to save yourself a funeral. Yeah, by, and the guilt, you know, and yeah. we've, and, we, and we've we we know we have to do this because someone got killed. It's even like, and even <laughs> if you don't want to, like, okay, we know yeah. we have to do it. It's like when you when you get in a small airplane and they hand you the checklist and you're like carburetor fan, carburetor heater on, and you're like, why are we doing this? Like, well, that cost somebody their life. <laughs> All right, unattractive things about okay. Catholicism, uh, not true across the board, but the preaching and the music. Oh yeah, what was that Flannery O'Connor line? She took her like her Baptist friend to a Catholic church, the American writer, and the and the girl said, like that was the worst thing that has ever happened, and she had this thought like, wow, the preaching was terrible. We were there for the Eucharist, and, and the preaching can be really terrible. Yeah, so that can be unattractive. You know, you show up to the church. You're, you know, you're, you're wanting to be fed, you're wanting to be inspired, you know, people come, yeah, you want to be challenged, whatever. Um, and or you want to, or you want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. I mean, people come for all kinds of reasons and they find preaching or music or even, I mean, other, other people kind of wrote, you know, there's what's unattractive is like the lack of reverence at times. In certain parishes or in certain places, like that's unattractive to them. Yeah, like the preaching one time, I had the extreme conversations. A student said, I went to my home parish and the priest started off with, and this was just a few years ago, and I was reading a Snoopy cartoon <laughs> or Peanuts, and they're like, Oh, what, no. what, Father? What's peanuts? I've never oh, heard they of this. Even know what they didn't even was. know what it was. Oh. And the other side was they went to um, uh, Mass, uh, a Tridentine liturgy. And the priest began his homily with the with like what's going on this week in the church, and then started his homily. Oh, and they didn't know that the homily is not part of the liturgy. So when you take your you take your um, what's your manipul you take your manipul off, you actually stop the liturgy, then you preach your homily, and then you go back. So the the homily, and they're just totally confused. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, somebody wrote uh, what is unattractive about the Catholic Church are priests. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you mean because I don't have a nice haircut? Like I got a bad smile? I'm not handsome enough? Is that that unattractive? Because I think I'm a pretty handsome guy. I think there was just sort of they their experience has been uh, less than st- stellar. I don't know. Oh, and I, I okay. So there there are. I mean, there's some dill weeds out there. 
and I guess maybe sometimes I I are too, is right? A, is that a theological term? Uh, dill weeds. Yes, that's a, not only in your spice rack, but also sometimes <laughs> in your parishes as your pastor. Uh, yeah, there's some there's some like I, I've had interactions with priests, and they were cruel. Yeah. Like uh, on one yeah, occasion, priests priest, can definitely be a barrier. An he obstacle. said, "If it doesn't, it, listen here, Carrie. If it's not about church or prayer, don't bother me." I was like, "Oh, whoa! Come on, what about sports? Come on, Jack Beanstalk. Well, what about this good book I read? Oh yeah, I mean, there's well, the, I, I, I mean, in that list is probably like the sexual abuse crisis in the church that went around to the 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 minority of priests, but really affected." The majority of the culture of the church around the world. Uh, yeah, that, I mean that. So yeah, priests, that makes I mean, something very. So I think untrained. generally speaking, we could say sort of the kind of hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. You know, priests. I think people have in their minds, and they should, like that. Priests ought to be this. Now, do not. I hope you. Nobody has their expectation of priests as a as perfection uh-huh. or priests as sort of you know super saintly. But you ought to have a high expectation of your of your priests, and when and when that's not met, either out of our lack of charity, bad preaching, bad leadership, poor decisions, mm-hmm. you know, lack to the extreme, holiness. to the extreme yeah. of you know, sort of abuse and covering it up, and yeah, yeah, that's I mean, un, that is unattractive. It, and what what it tells me about the people is that they have this idea in their minds that priests are supposed to be holy. Sometimes they're like. Priests are not supposed to have a bad day. And it's like, maybe okay. I was in the hospital the previous night. But there is this, ex- you know, I was at the hospital and you showed up and I was just not nice to you that day. And I, you know what? Yeah, I'm, think I'm, of all the reasons you've ever been in a bad mood. That ha- also happens to priests. Four, four or five times a day. <laughs> You're so, in a bad mood four times a day? It can be. So on behalf of priests oh. everywhere, uh, please forgive I us. I was in a bad mood the other night when we didn't have any bread. At our house. Dude, you were cranky crank. I was. I just. And you said, we don't have anything to eat. And I said, I think we have different. Different opinions. And of... you walked out of the kitchen. <laughs> because I was, I wanted a sandwich. Okay. I'm going to take care of you, Papa Bear. We didn't, have any, we didn't have any bread. I know. But the, and. Why? And I. Why was I, there any bread? It stinks. And so please forgive us. All right. Um. But there's this expectation that we should be holy, that we should be saints. And the people see it, both non-Christians and Christians, atheists and agnostics, know that a dude who has a collar around his neck should be striving for running after sainthood. Yes. Okay, unattractive about Catholicism, the annulment process. Oh, my. Pope Francis has done, I think, a great job of simplifying. Trying to simplify it. Yeah, Yeah, I had to do a couple of annulments. But it's a barrier. It's a barrier when people want to have look at a marriage and, and... would perhaps have it declared as invalid or an, an annulled. Or have you go through the uh, weeds. But it's, of, a, but it's a process. And yeah. I think that's where it's sort of seen as bureaucratic. It's seen as uh, hoop hoop jumping, you know. If you see it, I, maybe, maybe a different way to see it is to see it as a journey of healing. And uh, Yes. And so I think that's where a lot of these things, like why do I have to go to a class to be a godparent? It's not, we're not hoop jumping. We take God parenting seriously. Yeah. Well, the annulment process is not hoop jumping. It's, we take marriage, you know, we hold marriage in, in very high esteem. Okay. Somebody wrote, um, what's unattractive is what the kind of seeming disconnect between the Catholic church and the LGBT 
community. There's a that there's a lack of what what looks like, what looks to be a lack of uh, acceptance and love for uh, our gay and lesbian, bisexual, transgender friends and questioning brothers and sisters. Yeah. What, well, I, I would. There is. Um, yeah, there can, there definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely. There definitely is. Can be. Not always, but there's a there. Yeah, there's a disconnect there. That where it looks like. Um, I think what is unattractive about Catholicism is what is and what is perceived as a ju- judgmentalism. Mm-hmm. Right. Of of a whole gr- of a, of whole groups of people, and I think one of them is our our LGBT friends, but then also. Um, you know, couples living together, someone who hasn't been to church in a, in a long time, uh, somebody, you know, of who, believe, you know, just believes differently that sometimes they come to the church and what the church gives off is lukewarmness, lack of love, rejection, judgment. Right. I, I, I when, when I have a, like tabling on campus and I, you know, see uh, LBGTQ tables. Uh, I go talk to people. Yeah, because I'm like let let's 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 dialogue for once, instead of basically doing what sometimes what happens. I think on Twitter. I don't use Twitter, but people just basically, as Pope Francis says, you you go into a room and you lob a hand grenade and then you run out. Yeah. Or there's a perception that this person doesn't like me, and at the heart of this Christian life is I'm supposed to treat everybody as my brothers and sisters. Because as we remember, uh, I mean, this is what we are. If we're not brothers and sisters, then what are we? Yep. And we can't treat each other like yep. that. So um, I would say give the church a yep. chance. Well, but then uh, it, those of us in the church and leaders in the church, you and me, right? Mm-hmm. What are we doing to, to, to promote be, to, it? Yeah. Well, and to be more that the, ch- that the teachings of the church, including on the issue of homosexuality and on a lot of things, is good, is good news. It's good news. Mm-hmm. But I think we don't we don't do a good job. I'll speak for myself. I don't do a good job of always making that known. Mm-hmm. Um, where then then I can or we can kind of come across in a way that says you're not you're not welcome. You're here. not part of us. You're not welcome here. Okay. Um, somebody wrote. Uh, I said so. What's what's unattractive? And they said the church is is basically is too middle class. Ooh. I thought that was a really good one. It's not rich and poor. And I said, uh, so I said, could you say more? Like, what, what's specifically negative about uh-huh. that? They said, the way many bishops and priests both talk and act means very little outside of the middle class. The bishops, especially from the average local ordinary all the way up to Rome, the language of the managerial class has been adopted. Whoa. How are we meant to evangelize laborers, plumbers, electricians, bricklayers, when the hierarchy doesn't even talk in a language they can understand? Which, I, I don't know, might be a little belittling to like electricians can be educated people. <laughs> I always um, think of Robert Williams' dad, who's a train conductor, yeah. who's the most, inti- one like of the most super inti- smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this person said, we talk in greater and greater abstractions to the point that it means nothing to the person on the street. We speak not to their concerns and the issues in their lives. We speak not to them, but to their bosses and their bosses, bosses and to the people that won't even acknowledge their existence. So the church is what's yeah. unattractive is the church is too middle class. I I found on one occasion that a CEO it changed by his conversion 
it changed the way he treated his employees. Yep. And so he started. He he was you know he was in the business of buying companies, and his conversion to the gospel and greater love of God uh, actually changed the way he treated his employees. Uh, so when he bought a new company, he started raising people's salaries oh. and started buying like Christmas hams and turkeys, and people cried because they loved what he was doing and they never experienced it before. Uh, so I, I I think it's I mean the hope is we're preaching to middle class. The middle class, yeah, who are working with their 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 employees and their teammates and those people who work above them and below them, you know, being lights of the gospel. Yeah. Period. Also. Also. I don't. I don't. I don't see a lot of like in America. Well, here's what here's, here's what I was of, thinking. I was like, actually just having this conversation the other day with a staff member, and I was. They were saying. Somebody asked me, like, so do you like do you like they know I'm not from here, right? I'm not from Stillwater. I'm not even from Oklahoma, right? Originally, but I love it. And they said, like, do you like do you like Stillwater? And I was like, Yeah. And they were like, No, no, no. I mean, like, really? I mean, I know you have to say that because you're, you know, you're here and you can't go anywhere. But like, do you really and I was like, Yes. And they said, Well, what do you like so much about Stillwater? And so I went on and on. I mean, I have all kinds of like sort of seemingly superficial things. You know, I like the people, I like OSU, I like, you know. And I said, one of the things I really like about, specifically about being a priest in Stillwater, about being the pastor of the parish church in Stillwater, is that there are no other options. In, if you go to Tulsa or you go to Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. uh, there's options with churches. There's, a, there's, I don't know, there's 80 churches in Stillwater, something like that, for 50,000 people. Um, if you go to Tulsa, there's a lot of Catholic churches and so what happens in Tulsa or in Oklahoma City is for a lot of people, they self-select into a parish. I want to go to this parish because there's other people there like me. For a lot of times, that's, that's the rich. Okay. Okay, that, oh, that's the parish where kind of, oh, that, you know, that sort of level of society is or that school and so they go there. It happens for, for a lot of our Spanish speakers, right? So we have this big parish called St. Thomas More in East Tulsa. It's huge. There's people from all over the city coming to St. Thomas More because it's, it's a hip and happening place. St. Thomas More, St. Francis Xavier, St. Peter and Paul. For, for if you're a Spanish speaker, those, you, want, you want to be there. Mm-hmm. In Stillwater, we're it. And so everyone, every Catholic, everyone who wants to be around the Catholic Church who's not a student comes to St. Francis Xavier. And so what does that mean? It means that the rich and poor and the middle class are together. It means English and English speakers and Spanish speakers are together under one roof. Mm-hmm. You can't, Oh, you can't self select that. Now, if somebody wants to drive to Edmond or Guthrie, Tulsa or yeah, Polka. I mean, you can, but, but people really aren't, um, so what's, you know, that is, I think, I think it's unattractive that you can go to a parish just with people like you. Um, I, I don't think that's what a parish is meant to be. I think a parish is meant to be a place where everybody can come. Anyway, that was just an interesting little thing that I, that's one of the things I love about Stillwater is we got, we got all kinds of people. Right. There was a young couple who told me one time, they, they said, uh, Father, do we go to our parish boundary church 
or do we go to a fun church with lots of young people? And they were 25 and 26 years old, newlyweds. And I said, well, you what's said? going on at your church? And they said, nothing. It's sort of dead. It's like, you know, oh. blue collar. And it's like a, you know, steel belt town. And they're like, go to rust belt town. And they're like, oh, can, should we just go someplace else? And they came to the decision that they were going to be there. And, they, you know, they were going to meet the people in their parish that were steel belt Rust Belt people, and they loved it, and they got some stuff going in their parish, and they had their kids there, yeah. And now the parish is starting, starting <clears throat> sort of like just from their little lighting a little yep. fire and like getting to know their priest and re. I would hope more, yeah, more people would do that, would kind of stay with the, stay where they're where they live, as opposed to. Oh, we went, you know, we, we go, we, we, we drive by five different parishes to get to the one with the really good young adult group. Now I get why people do it. I really do. But I think what's unattractive about Catholicism can be that kind of self-selecting that we have, you know, a universal church, but within our parishes, they can be kind of homogenous. We call them siloing. Yeah. You're just, I just only, I really only want to be around people. That are white. Or, Yaris, yeah, or Yaris I just, young. I, I want to be yeah. Yaris, young, attractive, rich, intellectual, and social. Yeah. I want to be around Yaris people. And I think it. this individual who said that, like, I think that's what they're thinking. That, that, that they see that, I don't know them, but they see the church kind of becoming that. Ooh. We're too, we're too middle class or we're too Yaris focused. Okay. Um, so maybe not, you know, not focused enough. As Pope Francis has called us, you know, not focused enough on the poor. Not a church going to the peripheries and, you know, and kind of bringing people in. Yeah. Give me something um, else. What? You want more? Oh, yeah. We got, we got about, what, three um, or four minutes? Okay. This, one of them said that the Catholic Church uh, is not convenient. Go that on. is unattractive. And that is that, like, things in Catholicism, like, take, they take, they seem to take a long time. Like weddings. Like, <laughs> Why are your weddings so long? Which <laughs> they're really not. I mean, I would say from the inside, from doing a lot of weddings, they're not. They're well, not that long, but they are longer than other churches. I, I had so a friend who was like late that. for a wedding uh, in their little small Baptist town. Late for the wedding, pulled on the door, and the bride and groom were coming out. They were late for the wedding oh. by about five or oh, seven ten, minutes, ten and it was minutes? over. Oh, so I mean, we have the, I, yeah, the the rituals. Well, and I think too, we are, I mean, this is kind of goes back to the rules, but like we, we have a liturgical calendar that we follow. Um, and that can lead to some inconvenient situations. Um, like we don't do, we don't celebrate Christmas early. <laughs> we celebrate Christmas on the evening of the 24th or the day of the 25th. We actually celebrate Christmas shorter than the secular world does. Well... Yeah, but on Christmas. No, I mean, like, our, they celebrate, the secular world celebrates Christmas for, like, what, six weeks? Like, they're prepared. From, from Halloween to. Halloween, they're selling stuff. And ours is from Christmas to the baptism of the Lord. Yep. Basta, done. Yep. yep. And move on. So, you know, like, th th that there's this, that can be unattractive. Like, the, the, those Catholics, like, take a long time. Mm. To do well, I mean, even like the annulment, the annulment process, sacramental preparation, Easter vigil, the Easter vigil. Like, why, 
Why do you need why, three hours? Why, why can't you do it in yeah, an hour? Why can't we just can we just baptize the people and get out of here? Like why <laughs> why the two and why the two hours of two hour baptism of a baby? No, just of, oh. of the Easter vigil, <laughs> right? You know why does every song have to be four uh, verses? You know, right? And I think there's a, there is the abridging of things, and you know you can do you can do beautiful things. There may be those. Amen. Uh, and it just keeps, and you're like, is this going on? So we would say, I think same thing is like, what, you know, is that, is that unattractive? Yes. But, but, th- but there's, you know, there's reasons for it. Even just, even just the mass, you know, like if you walk, if you've never been to church ever and you walk in off the street and you come to a Sunday mass at your parish or mine, it's not very accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not immediately aware of like what's happening. Um, it, it takes some catechesis. It takes some kind of coming a few times. So I think those are, those are kind right. of barriers, if you will, when like somebody says, Hey, come to mass with me. I know you've never been to church, but yeah. Or a, you're used to a different kind of church. Like, Hey, come to mass, come to mass with me. A and sermon then, in a rock band's easy to connect with people. Yeah. And people come and are like, oh, I don't know. What was that? I don't even know. Oh, that was kind of embarrassing. I didn't know when to stand up or, you know. Uh, you know, Thanks for putting me in the front row and then leaving yeah, me to go to the yeah, bathroom yeah, for 20 minutes. Else. <laughs> so anyway, all that is said, we could go on and on. Um, that's just a little look into what's unattractive about Catholicism, um, our little take on that. Not just us. Uh, not We're just handsome. us. We are unattractive for sure. <laughs> okay, we'll see you next week. Have a great week. Uh, God bless you. We love you. Peace. <laughs>